Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Med Street Journal podcast. I am your host as always, Rodney Hu, and today I'm joined by another very special guest, Mr. Daniel Dura. He's a CEO and co-founder of Graphium Health and Graphium Health creates innovative mobile-based software for anesthesia that supports all back office functions so healthcare providers can focus more on their patients and less on managing their business. So I'm excited to have Danny, Daniel on to share his story and what he's doing in the healthcare space. So with that being said, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to be on. No problem. So yeah, let's just jump into it. Why don't you give people a brief background of who you are and how you got started in the healthcare space? Yeah, it's been a kind of crazy journey. I um, I actually have been in software for over 20 years. I actually started off working for a company called Fujitsu, which is a Japanese telecommunications uh, company doing software engineering right out of school. And that was during the, the dot-com days. And very quickly, I actually got to know some people at a company called Macromedia out in the Bay Area, joined Macromedia and ended up merging with Adobe and worked there for a number of years and and it was fun because i i got to try out a lot of different things from product management to software engineering to even evangelism corporate evangelism which was a lot of fun i mean i spent many years traveling the world talking about software and and how to use it in really interesting ways but uh, i left the bay area decided to start my own consulting company and uh, started building software for enterprise fortune 500 companies and we get a lot of people that come to us and say hey i've got a great idea for an for a business for an idea for a startup and so we had a few doctors come to us, Dr. Zavaleta and Dr. Kleinman. They were both anesthesiologists and said, hey, we think there's a lot that could be done in the anesthesia space. And we brought the technology, they brought all the clinical knowledge and we came together and that's how I got involved in healthcare. And so it's been for the last uh, really six, seven years, it's been a, a baptism by fire as it were, and being thrown in the deep end and learning about healthcare and I'm absolutely loving getting to know th this industry. Nice, so your background is more on the tech side versus the healthcare side. So can you speak to that? like transition into an industry like healthcare, especially coming from a technology background? Yeah, it was really interesting. I think when we had the consulting company, we were working with organizations, very large organizations, the Deloitte's and the Northrop Grumman's of the world who they understood technology in and out. For them, it was everything. Every aspect of the business was being touched by technology. They adopted it wholeheartedly, knew it could improve the way they ran their business. And so when we got involved with healthcare, I think we originally went into it, at least as a technologist, thinking, okay, there's all this innovation happening in healthcare from the clinical side. That must translate over to other aspects of the healthcare business, but it was it was really hard because we realized very quickly that wasn't the case. This is 2010, 2011. There were definitely areas where the healthcare business was adopting technology, but we were shocked by the fact that they didn't have real-time access to analytics on business operations and safety and quality and all these different things that we knew we could deliver. And so it took a little bit of adjustment, understanding that we couldn't just go in and say, hey, the technology is, is great, here it is. We had to start much earlier and, and help people warm up to the idea. So it was a little bit of a hard transition, but definitely now, now we're in the 2020s and people are more willing to adopt technology, but it's taken a while to get there. Nice. Yeah. It's crazy how much the whole COVID thing disrupted the healthcare space out of all these other industries because like healthcare has always been slow to adopt new technology, but now you see everyone's talking about telehealth, digital health. Like those are <laughs> like the buzzwords nowadays. And so I'm curious. You already had this background in technology working into transitioning into healthcare, but how did you navigate the whole pandemic and how did that kind of affect your guys' workflow as a company? 
Yeah, it was <laughs> obviously none of us saw this coming. Two years ago, we were just chugging along and trying to make headway into the anesthesia space. And, and all of a sudden, COVID hits. And I think the thing that surprised us the most is, you know, at first there was the shock, the kind of what do we do? But then very quickly it turned into how quickly can we adopt new technologies? And you know, that was new for us in the healthcare space because, like I said before, healthcare has always been a little slower to adopt new technology and, and do things that you know, we thought were very logical, but for them, it was there's a lot more that they had to do to get those technologies in place. I think as soon as we realized that there was this movement to really adopt new technologies, to adopt new workflows, to deal with patients being remote a lot of times, we instantly started implementing additional telehealth capabilities on our platform, additional instant messaging through SMS and text messaging in our platform as a way to connect people remotely with patients, whereas before it was always phone calls and in-person visits. And so it was really, uh, we had to be very nimble. We had to move very quickly. But by doing that, we were able to position ourselves in the market in a way that said, hey, we can help you take advantage of the situation that we're in, as horrible as it is, but we can use this as a way to promote new technology and create new ways for you to engage with your patients. I think it was definitely a positive in regards to technology adoption. And I think we're continuing to see that kind of momentum go from moving forward as now the, the barrier to saying, hey, adopting new technology is hard. I think a lot of these organizations look at themselves and say, you know what? it isn't that hard. We can adopt new technologies. We can move quickly. And so it's exciting to see how it's changed the industry over the last 18 months. That's awesome. And so at Graphium, you guys are looking to help these companies who are trying to help their patients, right? Yeah. So these companies are focused on their patients, but you guys focus on helping these companies. So can you speak towards who these companies are that you guys are looking to help and can really benefit off of your services pretty much? Yeah, yeah. It's We started off very early. Two of my co-founders, there's four of us, are anesthesiologists. And for them, they said, look, there's a huge opportunity in anesthesia. Anesthesia sits in this very interesting space where as a business, they're usually a third party to the hospital. They aren't always hospital employees. They need to be able to bring in technologies into the hospital that can not only serve the hospital and its patients, but also serve their anesthesia practice. And so we said, let's build a suite of services that really helps them you know, manage their business, manage their data. Everything at the end of the day has to connect back to the patient, how we are ultimately serving the patient. Are we creating safer healthcare? Are we creating better experiences for the patients? And so even though we focus a lot on the back office processes for an anesthesia practice, are you billing the correct amount? Are you missing charges? Do you have data to know if you're doing the things that you need to do? We also make sure that we're putting anesthesiologists in a place where they can serve their patients better. And so I think that over time, what we've realized is that by serving the business, we also serve the patient. And, and that's what we really try to focus on at Graphium is really creating that link where it's saying, look, your business can be successful. You can also serve your patients in a really you know good way and, and provide a safe experience. So getting into anesthesia was always this uh, really interesting opportunity because we can also serve the hospitals very well. And we bring a lot of data to that. And for us, we used to do projects projects with big Fortune 500 companies that said they, they knew every <laughs> metric possible about their business and they would track them daily. Now we can say, look, as a hospital, the, obviously the anesthesia group serves the hospital. What if we provided you the same level of data? How could that change the way you serve your patients? If you knew today 
that there was a quality issue here, if you knew today that there was a bottleneck in, in the way you're providing services, would that enable you to provide better and safer healthcare? And so that's, I think, really what we focus on at Graphium is trying to link those two things together and serve your business well, but also by doing that, you can serve your patients too. Nice. I like that. And you're really trying to find synergies with this other company because at the end of the day, you want to help them. But like you said, you're trying to help serve the patients. And you guys have a very specific market, like anesthesia. That's a very specific vertical within the healthcare space. So how did you decide on that niche and how did you go about determining that specific market? Yeah, there were really two things. Number one was the amount of data that exists in this space. When you look at what an anesthesiologist is doing when they're providing care, they're at the nexus of that patient's care. They're collecting the most data um, about what's going on. They see everything from a very high level and being able to take advantage of that data, we can provide a lot of really meaningful and actionable information to hospitals, to all the healthcare providers, not just the anesthesiologist. So it was very interesting from that perspective that we had a lot of data to work with. And as data-centric people, we love that. That for us really meant a lot. The other thing that makes anesthesia really interesting is that not all the technology providers in the industry are serving anesthesia because they do look at it and they say, here's this you know, kind of strange little niche that isn't served by all of the big EMR providers, but definitely the epics and servers of the world have anesthesia capability. But for the most part, nobody's really hyper-focused on providing anesthesia what it needs to do its job. When we started doing this, we actually came up with the idea in about 2010, 2011, there was very little on the market for, for anesthesiologists. And so we said, look, here's a great market opportunity. We know there's something interesting we can do. And so let's dive headfirst into anesthesia. And so that's what we've done. We came up with the concept in 2010, 2011, really started getting our first customers in 2014. And then for the last five or six years have just hit that market really hard. And honestly, we love it. We think that anesthesia is an, is an interesting vertical to work in. We love the people. They have great technology, people who are willing to adopt new technology. And so it's served us very well by, by focusing on it. Dang, that's awesome. That's a cool, that's a cool little journey. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> nice. And so you've been able to identify a problem that you see within a market that a certain target market, target segment is experiencing. And how do you go about educating them on that problem, making them more aware of the problem, and then also educating them on your solution? Yeah, that's a great question because it is hard sometimes because as an anesthesiologist, especially most of these practices are owned and operated by doctors who are, who are providing these services. The reality is their most important job is treating patients right every day they just want to you know make sure that they're helping patients making sure that they're treating them in the best way possible and so you don't always uh, they're not on the top of their mind always is how do i get a better report about whatever it is that they're looking into right now that being said, now a lot of the demand is obviously coming from the hospitals and from the government through compliance frameworks and other things that say we do need a certain amount of data. And so a lot of our time is spent educating our customers on, number one, you can create better care if you just have a little bit of insight into what's going on in the OR. What kind of treatment are you providing? How well is pain being controlled? Where are the bottlenecks and timing and efficiency? And if we educate them on just, look, it doesn't take a lot. You're already probably capturing the data, but if we can put in place a framework where you can actually look at that data in real time, where you can take that data and do something interesting with it, 
it can fundamentally change the services you're providing. And it can fundamentally change then the experience that the patients are having and how the hospital perceives the services that you're providing. And so a lot of it is just taking them step by step through really what they're already doing and saying, you know, what you're already doing by collecting a lot of this data on the form, we can make that meaningful to you. We can actually take it, give it to you in a way that you can share with hospitals, share with your providers, share with patients. And if you do that, look at how much better the service that you can provide is because every provider wants to provide great care. Every single one is looking to provide safe, efficient care that manages pain well. And so if we just tie into that and tell them that's our goal here, our goal is to help you do that, then we actually can, we can get them bought into the idea of implementing some technology will actually help you with it. Awesome. So really just understanding their business at the core and asking the right questions to facilitate those high level conversations. Because like you said, if they already have the data and you guys are just systemizing it a little bit better so that you guys can analyze that data and then make more higher level decisions and be more confident in those decisions because you have access to this data. But what sort of obstacles or objections do people have, especially anesthesiologists who aren't necessarily bought into using new technology. I'm fine with how I am right now versus, hey, this is what you need. Yeah, most common one, and I think probably most technology providers in the healthcare space see this is, will it slow me down? Will it hurt my efficiency? Now, hospitals are obviously under pressure to reduce any type of inefficiency in their system. And anesthesiologists in particular, they have a lot to do. They have a lot on their plate. Not only do they have to record a lot of data, but they also have to perform a lot of medicine on these patients. And the reality is anything that disrupts that workflow it's not going to work. And for us, we have to really convince them in a meaningful way that we're not going to slow you down. And if you're developing, if anybody out there is listening to this and they're developing a new technology that's going into hospital, you have to focus on how are you going to work within the current constraints of the healthcare uh, workflow. And if you're not thinking about that and, and you have to be so hyper-focused on every little step that they take, understanding what they're doing right now, understanding the things that are required, understanding the things that are not required. You have to be able to look at that and either make it work or be able to convince them that they don't need to be doing that, which usually they're not. there's not very many things they're doing that they don't have to do, but you have to really focus on that. So for us, when we were developing our platform, we spent a good year and a half, probably almost two years, tweaking the design of our application so that to simple things. Is the provider facing the patient? That's why we ended up with a, a mobile application was because we didn't want the anesthesia provider with their back turned to the patient for a significant period of time while they're entering data in a system. But that's a safety issue. We looked at all the different data points that we were capturing and said, is this absolutely necessary? Can we capture it in a different way? Are we making sure we're not duplicating data that could be entered somewhere else? Do we integrate with systems that are already capturing specific amounts of data and using that instead of forcing a provider to enter it? These are the types of things that I think make or break whether or not somebody's going to use your, your platform or your technology. And if you can convince them of that and show them, look, I've been hyper-focused on you as a provider. I want you to be efficient. It gets over that hesitancy, but that is the primary hesitancy they're going to have. Will you make my job more difficult? Because I already have a lot on my plate and I don't want you adding something that, that I don't absolutely have to do. So you really have to think about that and focus on it. Nice. So when it comes to Graphium, how do you guys eliminate those friction points 
when they're brought up in a conversation? What, what do you guys have that overcomes that? Yeah, I think a lot of it came down to when we're in a discussion and trying to convince somebody that, hey, we're not going to slow you down. It comes down to a fundamental design decision that we made early on, which was that not all data is equal. And, and I know that sounds pretty obvious uh, when you think about it, but the reality is if you look at a lot of medical record systems, they treat all the data equal. You need to capture five decimal points of information about a certain data point, and you need to discreetly enter every single field in an EMR. We took an opposite approach and said, some data is actually more important than others. And so when you look at like our application, it looks like a piece of paper. And some of the fields are discrete and that you actually enter and you select from a drop-down list, the provider or, or something like that. Other things are handwriting and, and we don't do anything to interpret the handwriting. It's just there for archival purposes. It's there so that we have it as part of the medical record. This allowed um, us to create a very fast user interface to the point where it's just as fast, if not faster than a piece of paper. And that was our benchmark that we always use. If I give one provider a piece of paper and I give another provider our application at the point of care, who can enter the data quicker? And it better be our application. We better be slowing them down or not slowing them down. <laughs> and, and that's what we used. And, and we tested that over and over again. And I think that when we're in a meeting and somebody's saying, look, I've implemented a lot of technology, guys, and no offense to you, but there's no way you can be you're not going to slow me down. I don't want to implement this new thing. We hand them the application and we say, fill out the record. You want to take a piece of paper? I'll take a thing. I can promise you I can fill it out quicker. At that point, those discussions go away. And that's, it's really important. You've got to be able to show them. And like they say, the proof's in the pudding and, and you got to be able to show them that you are not going to slow them down. Nice. Okay. That's interesting. And so like before you can help a hundred different anesthesiologists. You have to be able to help one and then you want help one, you help two. And then during that process of helping one, you get feedback and then optimize and improve based off of that feedback. And so yeah. for you guys, how were you guys able to collect feedback early on? And then how did you guys make decisions based off of that feedback and optimize your processes going forward? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think this all comes down to our co-founder Jeff Zavaleta, Dr. Zavaleta. He, he's a pediatric anesthesiologist. He was really the brainchild behind this and came to us with the idea, said, hey, this is what I want to build. Having somebody like that who you can work with day in and day out who, because in the early days, sure, I can take it to a customer or a potential customer and say, here, try this. What do you think? But to have somebody like Jeff who understands technology, he, he actually has a really good grasp of technology, but all is, is obviously a, a in the clinic every day, right? He's in the ORs providing anesthesia services to patients. For him to be there and be part of the process of development and design and you know, developing out the use cases, it's invaluable, right? There's really no price you can put on having somebody who actually is going to be the end user being there with you to say, you know what, that's great. That's not great. Don't do that. And do this other thing. That's really cool. Or I didn't even know you could do that. That's great. Do that thing. And that, that's where I think we really got lucky in the sense that you had me and my one of the other co-founders, Randy Barker, who were the technology guys. We knew how to build technology, build product. But Jeff and Sam, they understand the clinical side inside and out. And they're, they look at it in a very different light that we do. And there have been plenty of times where I've said, hey, we've got to do something this way. And they'll just, they'll look at me and go, there's no way that's going to work in, in the <laughs> OR, right? That's, you, you're, you are barking up the wrong tree, dude. You got to, and for me, I'm looking at it going, no, this makes perfect sense. And then there's opposite times where I say, hey guys, what if we did this? What if we use the technology in this way? And they, they look at me like, 
I, I didn't even have any idea you could use the technology in that way. And bringing those two sides together in a very collaborative way, it creates this incredible product at the end of the day that not only is making use of great technology, but meets the needs of providers on a very deep level. I, I think there are some technology, you know, healthcare startups out there that you know, they may have the technology down. They may understand AI, they may understand whatever. They don't understand the clinical side or the business side of healthcare and vice versa. Somebody who understands the business side of healthcare or the clinical side, but doesn't understand the technology side and what's really possible. And so when you bring those two things together, it really is, is magic. That's awesome. We're coming up towards the end of the main meat part of the episode, but I have one more question and it's what sort of advice would you give to other healthcare professionals who are looking to get the technology adopted across the industry? Oh, buckle up. Probably the first one. <laughs> healthcare, we we are just now, I think, seeing, we're hitting an inflection point. And to what we talked about earlier with COVID, COVID really, I think, drove a change in the approach of healthcare to adopting new technology. So I think we're going to see a lot more technology adopted. That being said, think about how can you really benefit. And I know that sounds obvious, but the reality is not everything is necessary. And from a product standpoint, if you've been involved in product development, you have to set a pretty hard, high bar to what is necessary in any product, but more specifically in healthcare. Healthcare is under a lot of pressure and you need to be able to recite how is this going to improve the lives of the hospital? How's this going to improve the lives of your providers? How's this going to make the business more efficient? You need to be able to talk about that in a way that can convince anybody in any day and have your data and information uh, nailed down. Because if you can't, it's going to be a really hard sale. And secondly, don't forget that to include all sides of the discussion, clinical, business, technology. You may have that hard conversation with yourself. Do Maybe you are really good at technology, but you don't understand the clinical side or you don't understand the business side of healthcare. I've seen a lot of healthcare you know, uh, providers who have great ideas on something that'll improve a clinical workflow, but don't understand the business side of it. And how can you get that into a hospital? Because un the unfortunate truth is, unless you can really make that case, you're gonna have a hard time getting it in the door. But when you can make all three, you can make a clinical case, you can make a business case, and you can make a technology case, that's gonna to lead to a lot of success in your business. Awesome, awesome. I think that's a perfect piece of advice. Excellent way to end the main segment. But we've been covering a lot of pretty complex, high-level stuff, and I like to end each episode on a little lighter exercise with something I call the rapid fire round. So Love it. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask you a set of questions. You give me whatever answer you come up with. Cool. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite book of all time? Oh, of all time. I have a lot of favorite books. I'll, I'll say that I'll, I'll say business books. I'm talking a little bit about business. My favorite business book of all time is, is a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Anything by Patrick Lencioni is great, but that's, I would say, his seminal work. And because, you know, building a team is all about culture and that's what he dives into. And there's no better explanation for it out there. Awesome. Number two, who is the most influential person in your life? Oh, I'll go with career. It's interesting. I think when I got to Macromedia back in 2000, I think it was two, maybe 2003 when I started there, there were a couple people, Mike Downey, Mike Chambers, Kevin Lynch. These were all guys who had been there, done that, who had uh, been involved in the industry for a while. And uh, to this day, I think back to things that they taught me. And so if anything, it's those early mentors that you had that just uh, took a risk by bringing you in and uh, and really mentored you. So th those guys are probably some of the most influential for me. Awesome. Number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? Oh, this year. I, I think it's 
help anesthesia groups understand that it's more than just a medical record, right? The technology is more than just a medical record. And if I can convince people that we're there to really not just collect data for the sake of collecting data, but really help them provide better care to patients and, and help their business, then I think I've, I will have won because <laughs> I think there's still so much incredible opportunity in the healthcare space to really improve uh, some of these works. Awesome. That's like the one big domino that you're trying to knock down. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to what you said earlier, it's about getting them to understand. And uh, these guys are focused on helping patients, keeping them alive and providing good care. But if I can take that off their plate and help them understand how, how to better run their business, and then I think that'll be a good year. Awesome. Last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? <laughs> oh, these are good questions. I think 20-year-old uh, self, it'd be don't doubt yourself, right? I think too many times, and, and I talk to other CEOs and, and, and entrepreneurs all the time about this, is that I think they forget how much capability they really have. They underestimate it. And I think back in the earlier days, I doubted myself a lot. And you try to put people around you to help you out. But I think as time has gone on and I've gotten up there in years, I've realized that it, it was always there. And if I could go back to 20-year-old self, I say, man, have more faith in yourself. Take a risk, every a few more risks every now and then because you're going to be okay. Like it's all going to be good. I definitely would give that to any 20-year-old who's starting off in this industry is put good people around you. But at the end of the day, trust yourself. Follow your gut. I like it. Exactly take risks. But yeah, that ends our whole episode, actually. So Danny, I just want to thank you again for jumping on and sharing what you're doing over at Graphium Health and how you're partnering with anesthesiologists and bringing your technology to the healthcare market. But before you go, where can people learn more about more about Graphium? Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. They can go to graphiumhealth.com. Um, that's our website. And uh, my name is Daniel Dura. I have a Twitter account at ddura. I, I don't update nearly as much as I used to, but definitely reach out there. I do watch my DMs or just email me, daniel.dura at graphiumhealth.com. I'm always looking forward to hear from people and willing to collaborate and talk with anyone. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include those links in the resources section. But with that being said, that ends today's podcast. Catch you guys on the next one.